I want to set the example my mother set for me, a strong female role model who faces challenges, takes risks, and conquers fears. I want my children to know that as women, they can do whatever they dream as long as they believe in themselves. That's a quote from Maria Mayer. Women have made major contributions to the sciences for centuries, yet surveys repeatedly show that most people can only name one or two female scientists. But if you look around, you'll see evidence of their work everywhere. Women like Diane Fossey, Jane Goodall, and Maria Mayer. Despite the setbacks, creative and tenacious women are pushing the boundaries of scientific knowledge and seeking solutions to complex global challenges every day. Their work has changed the way we see our world, and their stories deserve to be told and retold. Today, we speak to a group of women, beef, women Bigfoot researchers who are surpassing what is expected of women in this field. Today, we speak to the Sisters of the Moon. Welcome to Cryptids Unlimited. Sisters of the Moon are with us, so welcome Debbie, Sandy, and Barbara, and they're going to talk with us about their experiences, and believe me, I've heard some, they're interesting. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having us. You're, you're welcome. So where y'all want to start? You want to start from how you formed your group and what you guys have been through? I know you just told me off the air that it's been eight years now. Yes, yes, January 
2016, the Sisters of the Moon was born. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's eight years, but in in our hearts, we feel like we've been together forever. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories, especially from Debbie. She is such an awesome storyteller. She's going to tell y'all some stories here tonight. Oh, gosh. Where do we begin? Barbara, Sandy, which one y'all want to start with? Debbie, you need to start with the very first official Sisters of the Moon outing. That would be the Killing Fields. The Killing Fields. The best place to start is at the beginning. If we start at the beginning, this is going to be a long show. Talk about (laughs) Killing Fields and one that you call Tribulation Bay. We'll share those. Yes. That sounds good. Um, Well, the Killing Field... That was many moons ago in 2016. We had all, well, several of us at least, had planned to meet out there for a different type of group meeting. And really, nobody showed up that was supposed to show up. Uh, it was a, a man who I won't name that had kind of organized the get-together. And he even failed to show up. Debbie, and, that uh, correct. You just... It's 2017 on this expedition. Oh, that's right. 2017. Yeah. And uh, he failed to show up. So we were like, well, we're still going to camp. And he had messaged us and told us that he had gone out there and had, I think he had been there the night before. And, and Barbara, if, if I get something wrong, jump in and correct me. Okay. Okay. I'll try to help you best I can. Anyway, so he he had said that he had gone out there the night before and he was alone in his truck and he had a Bigfoot supposedly came up and was messing with him in his truck and he got scared and left. He had sent a message and told us that and I talked to the girls and we were like, well, we'd like to still go out there. And he was like, well, you know, this and that happened and I think it's dangerous. And we were like, well, we'd still like to go out there. <laughs> and so he was like, well, y'all want to go, go. Yeah. But we I went out know. there and found a place to set up that night commenced forward and just created a whole new beginning for us, literally as sisters of the moon that weekend, um, we had all sorts of stuff happen. I'll try to, you know, give you a condensed version. We ended up going down just a little ways from where we were camping. And, you know, we hiked around the area. We had stuff happen during the night. And then the next morning down in this field that we now call the killing field. Well, actually this happened the day that we were trying to find a spot. We were turning around at the entrance to this big opening and uh, as one of the girls was pulling out of the opening, she had started backing up to turn around. And so I was looking out the window behind me because I was in the back seat of her truck to make sure she wasn't going to hit anything because, you know, there was tons of trees and everything. And I saw bones and it was like a full skeleton of a deer. I could see its ribs, its antlers and everything. And I said, hold on just a second. I said, there's, there's some bones and stuff back here. And so we stopped and we get out and we saw that. And we were like, well, that's 
that's weird. So we started going on further back in there. And once we got past this little clearing area where it kind of opened up, and I don't mean it was cleared off, it was just more open a little bit as far as being able to get back on into the rest of this, this land. It was covered in just tons of trees and grown up quite a bit, but everywhere we walked, just within several feet of each other were bodies of dead deer but it was just their their bones there was no meat left on them the some of them were does and some of them were you know had antlers and we we were commenting a lot on how if it had been poachers they would have taken the antlers i mean because there was some pretty racks on those antlers and we just kept commenting on how many freaking deer there were back in there. And then we also, uh, the there was a river not far from where we were at. It was just right on down from us. And then it came into an inlet and wrapped around this area that we were at. And so there was water, you know, on two sides of it. And we were up high on a hill and we noticed that right along now this is i'm going to shorten this down some because we could we went back and back and back for several years to this location because we had so much activity in this same location and so i can't remember if it was on this trip or the next day or what but we also found right along the ridge line to where you would go down the hill down to the river we saw all along that area these huge holes i guess you could call them but they actually were shaped honestly more like graves you know they were long and then narrow but they were very deep and big they were over eight feet long just a little bit because we actually went back and measured you know the next time we went out there but they were we noticed that we we just thought okay is this something that was put here purposely could something have been hiding down in these holes and then another one maybe down at the river running the deer up and then as the deer's coming up it's reaching up and grabbing those deer by the legs and snapping their their bones and the reason we said that was because so many of these deer legs had been broken into and that's what piqued our interest so much in this area is because there were so many broken deer legs you know the bones that we had found which i have one up in my hutch over here and anyway they so that's the why antlers the antlers were there yes. yeah yeah all that all the deer you know the male deer had antlers still on them so, so we didn't think they were poachers no and then of course the activity we had that very first weekend when we found this and when we were camping there we had quite a bit of activity the first two nights there and we were there for three days and um, we had something come into camp the first night. One of the girls that was with us at the time had parked, she was driving a big truck that had metal, you know, um, silver bumpers and wheel and everything. And so she had pulled her truck up behind our tent that night and it was, oh my gosh, it was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. We had a fire going out and you know outside and uh, we had hung thread up about eight feet you know between the trees 
just in case something came through there that was tall, it would break that thread. We had two tents and they were put together where the corners met and formed like an L shape. And then we had a big canopy, you know, between the two of us. One, another girl named Patty was with us and it was just the three of us. And Patty was in the tent. We were in the tent together. And then the other girl was in the other tent by herself. And her truck was parked behind both of our tents at an angle. And we started hearing movement outside. And then we could hear it going back behind us and everything. We were actually, Patty was in a mummy, looked like a mummy sleeping bag. And uh, we were all bundled up because it was so freaking cold. And we could hear the movement around. And so we were trying to get our hands out and motion, you know, point our fingers in the directions that we were hearing this stuff from. And then we started seeing shadows on the tent and it was because the fire from the front was bouncing off the metal of that truck from behind us. And it was creating these shadows where we could see, you know, something running around our tent. We heard stuff going on out in front of us, just all sorts of stuff. But what had really caught our attention was, Patty had first heard something come up to the tent when I was asleep and she could hear it breathing really, really deep. And she said it was over by my side of the tent, which was where the, um, the cooler was at. And she said that she thought it was standing there debating whether or not to get in that cooler. And she was trying to get out of her mummy sleeping bag to reach over there and try to hit me to wake me up but she couldn't wake me up at that time. And so on that second night, we were prepared for anything that was going to happen. And we had made chili and uh, eaten the chili and we had little styrofoam bowls that we had used. And so we threw those in the trash can. This was on the second night. Like I said, we had all the, the string hung up and everything just in case anything returned, which of course it did with, with all the movement and stuff. We heard calls and everything. We also, in the middle of the night after it had happened, we would hear calls coming from far off that sound very uh, melancholy, so to speak. Patty even said that she kind of envisioned it was a female calling for the male, you know, like, where are you? Come back to me. <laughs> Stuff like that. But when we came out the next morning and was looking around, we could see that something had gone through the little trap thing we had, the uh, cans that we had drank out of, uh, the Dr. Pepper cans and stuff, you know, we could have, we heard them. Sounds like, you know how when you squeeze the can and it makes the popping noises, the metal, we could hear that. And then that chili the from the night before, one of us had not eaten all of it. And it looked like something had picked up that bowl and just, lit right down the center of it with because it had a big old clear spot right down the center of this styrofoam paper <laughs> bowl that but then it didn't like the beans evidently and it spit all of the beans out but where the beans <laughs> spit out at was right under these huge chimes that we had hanging from the tree patty had brought those and they were very big chimes had real long tubes on them you know and i'm the tallest and I had gotten up on a like a step stool and got there was a nail hanging up there because I think this area used to be like a fish camp. 
And I had hung those chimes off of that tree on the side where this nail was hanging off of uh, one of the limbs. And I was on a big step stool. And so during the night, what had woken us up this time was that we started hearing the chimes making noise and there was no wind at all that night. And, uh, but all of a sudden it sounded like something had just slapped the hell out of those chimes. Then it started making this very rhythmic move, you know, and Patty, you know, she was looking at me through her little opening in her sleeping bag. And so I finally got out of mine and th now this was our literally our first outing together, the start basically of Sisters of the Moon and our really first big Bigfoot encounter. So, you know, all this stuff had happened the night before and now these something is hitting these chimes out front. And so I decide I'm going to look out and that was hard to do, you know, to get up and work myself up to where I could peep out the, the little flaps that we had left unzipped, you know, from the front doors of the tent. Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of self talk <laughs> saying, okay, Debbie, you can do this. Don't mm -hmm. freak out. For some reason, I didn't expect, you know, all this stuff to happen so much, you know, especially on our very first time together. So finally, I, I, I was praying that my bones and my knees wouldn't pop. I, I peeked out and those chimes, I just, I still, to this day, can't, can't find an explanation for why they were moving the way they were. But, you know, how chimes are hanging straight down and you've got these big, long, heavy tubes, because this was a big set of chimes. There was no wind at all. The trees weren't moving, the leaves weren't moving, but those chimes, if you can picture them hanging down, you know, straight down, parallel with the side of the tree, those chimes were moving back and forth at such a force it was like something had to have hit them from behind but what was even weirder is that if something had hit them with their hand or whatever those tubes would have been kind of willy-nilly all over the place but they weren't they were still perfectly straight just like when they were hanging straight down and all in a, a perfect little circle around that big wooden ball that's in the middle yet they were hanging now parallel perfectly to the ground and then they'd go back down and then they'd go back up all rhythmic and in sync still just perfectly in that same formation and that ball in the middle was moving around but those tubes weren't and i just i think my mouth dropped and patty was mouthing like what what is it what is it? What are you seeing? And all I could do was take my fingers because I didn't want to, you know, talk and make noise. And I was going up and down with my fingers. And then I do my arm, you know, trying to do it and put my hands up beside my head. Like, I don't understand what I'm seeing. I don't get this. And anyway, it was the next day that, you know, we went out there and that's when we found that, you know, the chili had been licked out of that bowl and the pile of beans was right there under those chimes and uh, all the little cans in there. Something had, you know, been crunching those with their hands. That's what we had heard the night before. But long story short, after that, that we started going back out there all the time. 
We had lots of different kinds of activity out there. And Barbara, y'all, you can, you know, talk about some of that. Well, um, I thought maybe we'd hit on Tribulation Bay a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's where we got our start, though, is at yeah. Killingfield together. And that's yeah. when we decided that, you know, we all got along so well, me and Barbara and then Sandy. But that's how know. we first formed our little group was at the Killingfield. Sandy, why don't you tell a favorite story of yours? I think probably one of my favorites was at Tribulation Bay, and it was freaking cold. It was in January. The wind was blowing. It had been raining, and the wind off that lake made it even colder. I remember it was freaky feeling that night anyway. Barbara, you were kind of sitting inside the door of the tent, but me and Debbie was sitting on the outside, but we had the the awning above us that was keeping us dry and me and Debbie kept hearing noises. You know, we'd hear like a howl off in the distance or, or different sounds. And it was very much reminding her of the night that the gibberish got recorded and the tree fell and all that good stuff. She was hearing a lot of the same things and motor sounds. I say, well, I hear, I hear a motor sound too. And anyways, so Barbara was sitting inside the tent door and me and Debbie went to go check out some sound and it wasn't very far off from where we were at. It sounded just like a semi just sitting there revving up its engine repeatedly or a huge truck or something. And where we were at, no big trucks could get out there. I mean, it was hard for us to get our little vehicles out there, much less some big truck like that. That was some of the sounds that they had heard on a prior trip, like where Debbie got that gibberish recorded. Debbie was going to sleep in a tent by herself that night across from me and Barbara's tent. And she decided she was going to come get in the tent with me and Barbara. So we put her in between us and Barbara's tent would hold a bed and the other end would hold a bed and the center you could stand up on. Well, Debbie was in the center, but she was closer to my, to my side of the tent. And I guess this was probably about 1230, one o'clock at night. And we'd all piled up in there and we had put some twinkle lights around the tent and they illuminated well enough to where if anything come by the tent, we could see shadows. And like we said, we had some chairs that we had propped up next to the tent. So the next morning, if we put the chairs back down, they wouldn't be soaking wet. You know, they still going to get a little damp, but underneath the awning, her front porch, we had, containers with pots and pans and different things and you couldn't really see them but we knew where they were located well we went in there and we got in our tents and I was laying in the cot right next to the tent wall uh, you know next to the outside of the tent and I was facing the tent wall I didn't know it but Debbie was facing in the exact same direction that I was facing and I was laying there I'd been there five minutes I wasn't asleep yet and I seen a shadow walk by the tent and I went, what am I seeing? I'm just looking. And then it bumps into like one of the chairs. I went, and I just turned over real quick and Debbie was looking at me and I was looking at her and I think maybe it was me that mumbled it. I went, did you see that? And she just nodded her head. Yeah, no. And anyways, it was definitely an upright figure that had walked by the tent and then it went to the corner of the front of the tent where we can no longer see it and started trying to get in one of them tubs. And 
me and Debbie was just kind of looking at each other and I pointed to Barbara. Barbara had her head covered up in a blanket. So I said, Barbara, what's going on? So Debbie, we didn't know what in. So Debbie kind of slivers over there like a little, you know, <laughs> like a little snake or whatever. Not a snake, but you know what I'm saying? She had like to just a little squirrel she's sneaking over to the other yeah, side of my tent. trying to be quiet. So whatever's outside, <laughs> don't hear her. And she uncovers Barbara. And sure enough, she asked Barbara, did you hear that? Did you see? She said, no, I didn't see it, but I heard it. So it got all our attention. But the amazing thing was how it continued trying to pull that tub away from that tent. It did it so many times. And it sounded like it was trying to pull it and then it would drop it, try to pull it and then it was dropping it. But it was trying to, it had enough sense to stay out of our view where we couldn't see it. It knew, I don't know how it knew, but it knew the corner that we could not possibly see it. And me and Debbie would have our noses pressed up against the tent, trying to look through the tent, which was impossible. Yeah, but, it had like two little square pieces of net and we're trying to peek out. Yeah. And, and then Barbara and Debbie's unzipping the top of the tent trying to peek out, but it was just at the most perfect angle. And when I say well, this went on, this went on for hours. And um, she had Barbara's tent had that side that came down in front on each side, yeah. like a dome went over the top and then came out at an angle on each side of the door. And so it came down probably about two and a half, three feet. And whatever it was, was on the backside of that piece of material. And was it was like it was trying to either reach around or reach up under it and was trying to move that tub and get that tub out. And it would pull it and then it sounded like its hand would slip and pop the lid. And that's why we kept looking because we thought Barbara was like, you know, it's messing with that tub. And so we kept trying to see if we could see a hand. And yeah. I'm telling you, this went on for from about one o'clock in the morning to at least three, three in the morning. This was it would stop. One time Barbara got tired of it aggravating me and she told it to Get the hell out of here. I looked at Debbie and Sandy and their faces. They thought, oh, my God, what did you do? We're doomed. The amazing thing is, is that this confirms that it wasn't just some noise from some tree branch or something hitting because it actually stopped for a few minutes. It's like. That human person's crazy in there. It started messing with the, Barbara had wood and stuff in the back of her truck. And you could hear it messing with the door handles. Yeah. And, you know, you'd hear it like trying to lift it and it would pop. Yeah, lift up the tarp. I had a tarp over the wood so it would stay dry and it would lift up the tarp. You could hear it going up and down. We have not done without our twinkle light since. No, our twinkle lights has helped us to see things that we wouldn't have never seen. Um, oh, and yes. some people say don't use them, but I say you need to use them because they don't pay them any attention. They just no. don't. They don't care if you got a light out there. They make care if you got a game trail or camera or something like that, but not a twinkle light. I don't think they realize, you know, that it's creating a shadow. Yeah. I don't think that they, they understand that. And, we have been able to see a lot of definite 
two-legged upright figures yes. on our tent. Well, it's like that time we had the twinkle lights and um, where was it? Was it Arkansas that it came up behind the tent when Debbie was sick? No, we were in Kasachi. Kasachi. Okay, there. Louisiana. Yeah. One come right up behind Debbie's tent. I could see her. I was sitting in a chair and Debbie was laying in a cot and we had the twinkle lights once again behind the tent and it wasn't even late. It might have been what, 930, Barbara? Maybe. Maybe. Big storm was coming in. Yeah, it was coming in. It was rolling in, so it was thundering. But I was look. I just happened to glance over at Debbie, and I seen a figure stand up, and then went straight down behind the tent. It's like it just dropped down behind the tent, and all I could do was say, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And Debbie knew I had seen something, and she got well really quickly because she got out of that <laughs> cot with a quickness. I then- rolled out of that cot. I saw the look on Sandy's face and I knew she had seen something back behind yeah. my head back there on yeah, that yeah. Yeah. And then Parker had on her ears and she could hear something actually walking away. Yeah. Yeah, she had well, the, the sonic stuff. My sonic, sonic ears on. And the next morning it had stormed after that not long. And I said, there's never going to be no evidence. There's never going to be any evidence for me to clarify and Prove to these women that I'm not crazy and I did see something, which I knew they believed me. They know I don't just make up stuff. But sure enough, the next morning, there was still proof of where ferns had been actually pushed in exactly where I said something went down. Yes, absolutely. We were very happy. <laughs> I was especially happy. Confirmation. What was so funny is I felt like death. Poor Debbie was I, mean, I was laying on that cot and they were just outside the doors. We had it connected to Barbara's little gazebo enclosure that, you know, we use for her the kitchen area. And then we had a tarp going over the tops of that. And they were sitting under that facing in talking to me while I was laying on the bed. And as soon as Sandy's face just, it was like all the blood drained from her face <laughs> and she had this look on it. I knew she was looking straight past me and then she was like, oh my God. And I knew she had seen something and I rolled off the bed. I was healed. Thank you, Jesus. I felt <laughs> so good. I mean, I did not feel bad until it was all over and then it all went right back and I felt like death again. But that yeah. adrenaline started pumping, you know, and I did. I felt great. We yeah. let whoever, we wasn't sure, you know, it was upright figure, and we know yeah. that there's humans, you know, that could be out there too. And so I said, we have a GUN. I didn't want to say gun because I think that Bigfoot have probably heard hunters and everything talking about their guns seeing their guns i think they know what gun is so i didn't want to say the word but i knew a human would know what g-u-n was right and so i said we have a g-u-n just in case you know i wanted them to get their butts out of there (laughs) yeah yeah i said we all have g-u-n's yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah as soon as that was over I went back to being sick again. Bless her heart. <laughs> it was horrible. But it was funny how I was good to go there for just a little while. <laughs> yeah. That adrenaline make that sickness leave with a quickness. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone from the top of a cot to the floor and 
0.01 seconds. Yeah. You know, that was so fast. Oh my gosh. I know that was a crazy night. That was. We've had tons and tons of amazing things even happen in our location in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Yes. That has been a very active hotspot for us. Yeah. I know, Debbie, once you mentioned something dragging its hand all the way along the top of the tent. Tribulation. Tribulation Bay, yeah. Okay. The stories. I mean, the things that have happened to us, we never in our wildest dream thought they were ever going to happen to us. What's your favorite experience? My favorite's going to be me, you, and Stephanie at Lake of the Pines. Yep. I thought I was going to know that night. I, I, really did. I didn't know if we were or if we weren't. Yeah, I don't know what's fixing to happen, but know it that we were camping after the Bigfoot conference in Jefferson, Sandy and myself and our niece Stephanie, she goes with us. But this was only like the second time she had ever been Bigfoot. We're sitting, we've come back, it's dark, probably eleven, twelve o'clock. We're trying to build a spire, it'd been raining. It was kind of miserable night, but we got a little fire going. And I had a little, like a little porch, not much of one, maybe a little three-foot piece of awning that came out the front of my tent. And we were all sitting underneath it in our chairs. I was in the middle, and Sandy was on my right, Stephanie was on my left. And I asked my niece, I said, hey, you want to hear Bigfoot talk? She said, yeah. I said, okay. So I played Debbie's gibberish. And when it stopped, I immediately played it again. I played it twice. The second time when it ended, back behind our tent in the woods, we hear three loud boom, boom, boom. And then you hear and you feel something coming up behind us in towards our tent. And it's getting up closer to us. And we had some tall little saplings right there when it beside us. And it, they were full of rain, water, because it had been raining. And when they got beside our tent, it shook these trees and just all the water just poured all over us. And that's when I looked at Sandy like, I don't know what's fixing to happen. So they came up beside us. And when it got beside us, on one on each side that we know, they curved off and went in opposite directions in the woods. And they left us alone. Yeah, they flew through the woods, one on each side. And we think it's because of what Debbie's gibberish yeah. says. Well, for everybody out there that doesn't know what Debbie's gibberish sounds like, can you? In our minds, Lisa, because of the circumstances of when it was recorded and the circumstances of this night, we think it's telling them, stop what you're doing and get out of here. Because they do. So it sounds like talking? Yes, yes. It's yeah. a language. It's a definite language. I wish I had it. It was recorded out there at Tribulation Bay. It was that first that first weekend that we were out there ever. And we had had 
two of two us of and we had so much activity going on and Barbara was and Barbara and Henry both were coming in that next morning. And so it was just me and another girl out there by ourselves. And we kept trying to message, but I didn't have signal telling the girls, you know, where are y'all? Y'all need to get out here. There's crap happening. Lots of it. So much so that we ended up, you know, eventually finally going into the tent. But uh, that's where we had, it was a, a moo sound, you know, cow sound, um, uh, a bear sound, sounded like a sick cow, kind of. There was, there was four different animal sounds all coming from the same location that started all of this off. And then it just kept on, you know, as we were putting up the tent and, and sitting around. We even left and went into a town, the closest town, which was 30 minutes away, to get another reporter because there was so much going on. We wanted to have them in different locations. Came back. I left a recorder going while we were going to town. It took us a little over an hour, probably about an hour and a half. And when I listened to that a whole hour and a half that we were gone, it was dead silent. But it had been going on before we left. And then as soon as we got back, it all started up again. So all that night, it proceeded to make all these different sounds. We, uh, we would hear stuff being thrown in towards us. We couldn't see it, though. Uh, we didn't have twinkle lights out that time this was this was only like our second or third time as a group to be out i thought it was a little over a year earlier okay and uh our so, first twinkle lights but that night when it finally what caused it to all the activity stop that night that barbara's referring to is it was uh, about three something around three something in the morning and we could hear movement out there. The other girl was on her side facing the wall. And so I couldn't see if she was still awake or not. But we heard this gibberish. And it was like, you could tell it was definitely three individuals. At first, we only thought there were two. So we don't know if a third one came in just to come tell them, maybe get the heck out of here or something. But you could hear like, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then another one, blah, 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 blah. And then a third one, blah, 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 blah. Like he was getting on to them. As soon as that was through, a tree started crashing down. You could hear it splintering and cracking, and then it just came crashing down. And as soon as I started hearing the gibberish, it was so fast. It was like, y'all need to hurry up and leave. Get the heck out of here. Somebody's coming that fast. And then you could hear that tree splintering. And I jumped up. As soon as I heard the splintering and I hit her on, you know, on her back and then pointed out there, like, are you hearing this? And she nodded. Yeah. And so luckily my recorder was out there and it captured it. And the next morning, about 630 in the morning, I heard noise outside. I didn't know what time it was until I looked at the clock afterwards. But Henry had pulled up, which was another member of our group at the time. And I went running out there. And I was like, where have you been? You don't know what you've missed. And then she said, hold up. Before you tell me anything, let me tell you what I saw when I pulled in last night. Well, she had gotten there evidently about the time that all of the gibberish happened and the tree went down. 
But she said, as I pulled in, she said, I didn't know where y'all were at because we were set back kind of off the road. So she had went down past it just a little ways and then saw the vehicle. So she turned in and pulled back up at an angle and her headlights, she said, caught the bottom leg of one as it was running. And she did her leg up like in the running motion where the leg is stuck up in the air. And she said it was moving away from that side and pointed to my side of the tent. And she said it went around that ridge line and she had pulled in and then swerved back around. So her headlights caught it. And so right where she said it was running, you know, that circled back around and went right back up to the area where all the activity was going on. And so I'm telling her just blah, 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 you know, about everything that had happened. And, and then I tell her about the gibberish and then the tree crashing down. She goes, hold on. I was here. I heard that tree crashing. And she said I had just pulled in. So we think possibly this is just us, you know, our brains working. We think that maybe we had only thought there were two of them that night messing with us that, you know, that first night. But you can tell. You know, it's been analyzed. Several people have listened to it, put it on the spectrogram. I even sent it to David Ellis of the uh, Olympic Project, and he analyzed it. He said it was the best piece of evidence to ever come across his desk. And he sent it to Ron Moorhead, and we talked to Ron. Ron was really interested. But just because of the events that happened when it took place, we think that maybe it was just the two of them, probably juveniles, who knows, messing with us and when henry was coming down the road maybe a, the third one came in and said y'all need to get out of here somebody's coming because it was so quick in correlation the way it all happened and then henry's pulled in evidently and was sitting there because she sleeps in her vehicle so she was still in her vehicle and when she heard the tree crash and it was just i mean within not even a minute of all that other it seemed like happening so we think that maybe the gibberish is saying you need to get your butts back get get home somebody's coming <laughs> yeah you're about to get seen <laughs> yeah stop yeah. what you're doing and get out of here so when barbara played that gibberish out there you know at lake of the pines or wherever you know, outside of jefferson and then those two Sounded like it jumped. They jumped out of a tree or something back behind their tent. Well, there Maybe. was three booms. You know, I can't. There were there was definitely three booms, but two of them came up beside us. Now, where the third one went into play, I don't know. Maybe they heard. You need to get your butt back home. <laughs> yeah, they, undoubtedly. And I see. I played it twice, so I'm in it. <laughs> maybe they heard somebody's coming oh man and we think we disappointed them because i think we were up for some fun and games that night i tell debbie about the story she had her weekends messed up she was supposed to be with me and sandy and stephanie but she ended up going to tennessee kentucky yeah but anyway I text her and told her what's going on and she's telling people she's with what's going on and they go Oh, yeah, there was a sighting there, and it's like, holy cow. They said it was, I was with Larry and Dan and Vicky. It, we were going on an outlaw outing, and I was in the vehicle as she's texting me and telling me, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so excited. And Dan and Vicky are in the back seat 
with us and I'm telling them what Barbara's telling me. And I said, they were out close to Lake of the Pines and I'm kind of describing the area to, you know, to Dan and Vicki. And then Vicki tells me, I think I know where you're talking about. We actually have been down there pretty close, at least to that area. It sounds like this area. And that's where so, and so she names off two people that had had sightings in the same exact location. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what are the odds? <laughs> Sounds yeah. like stick around that area a lot. Oh man. And see, we're still pretty dang new to this going out in the woods. Somebody shooting a gun. I heard um, <laughs> anyway, we were still pretty dang new to this stuff and whew, we didn't know what the heck was happening. <laughs> Well, you know, trying to picture Debbie scared of something is so hard to do because when I'm out, been out with her, and when something makes a noise or something's happening, she's the first one out there. Oh, she's yeah. Like, Let's go. We're going to go see what it is. Let's go towards it. In my group, in the BFLs, is always like, oh, Debbie is brave. <laughs> brave and stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> that depends on the outcome. Well, it doesn't pay to show that you're scared. No, it really doesn't. And although I do get scared, I try to take a deep breath, calm down. Yeah, yeah you know. you get your adrenaline pumping. You get excited, yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, that excitement takes over. Yeah. It does. it does. And for adrenaline junkies like me, it's really good because, you know, you just want more of it. We have laid in our tent in Georgia so many times and just listened to them run around our tent. Run around and throw stuff for hours. Shoot, we've sat outside around the fire while the rocks have literally come whizzing past our heads. Yeah, but if they really wanted to hit you, you know they would. Oh, yeah. They're trying They're just to scare us off, but they... I think they kind of realize in North Georgia that we're just crazy women and they can't scare us. Away. They haven't been able to make us leave and we puzzled them up there. They hit my car with a rock one time and we scolded them. But she's their mommy. Yeah, better stop that mess. <laughs> okay, now. Yeah, we'll tell them don't be doing that. that yeah, I mean, good. they throwed a rock at my two feet from my head one after. And this was in the afternoon, one afternoon, and they could easily knock my brains out. Wow. But they chose to miss it, thankfully. Big rock or a little rock? I don't know. Maybe an inch and a half, two inch rock. All fall size. Yeah. yeah. It might have actually knocked some sense into her. Oh, man. <laughs> doubt it. Barbara, why don't you tell the evening that you... We did something different. I wasn't there that night, but I had said, you know, we're always sounding camp happy around the campfire. Why don't we act like we're sad? Yeah. That yeah. was pretty interesting. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. That was the last time we were there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And Sandy had mentioned, well, we're always laughing and cutting the pose. So why don't we try being sad and cry? So, But Sandy she didn't give us any warning. I didn't know what the heck. I no. thought something was wrong with her. I just sprung it on. <laughs> she does that. She didn't give me any warning about that banshee. <laughs> Ooh, that was crazy. I like the surprise element. I thought it was real. I, I really, at first, I thought, what is she doing? What's yeah. wrong? 
Yeah. Because I good. just started bawling. I just go, I'm so sad and I'm crying and I'm, oh man, I'm pitiful. I carry on this crying and just, I'm so upset. I am mournful. I'm horribly upset. And I cry probably five minutes. Three to five <laughs> minutes I cry. Well, about ten minutes. It wasn't even that long. You don't think it was that long? No, it was pretty pretty close to when you started like calming down. Okay. I may maybe it was just I've right got after. it on recorder. Okay. <laughs> after I finished <laughs> crying, we there's this huge food plot. That goes down the mountain of maybe 150 feet, 200 feet from our camp. We hear this screaming, just this desperate screaming, running back and forth across this food plot, back and forth and back and forth, just screaming and screaming. I think it's because I was so sad. It was worried about me. Yeah. I mean, it it was really, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it. It, it would just, it'd be wailing and screaming almost, almost like to the extent that Barbara was crying and wailing. Yeah, man. Just going back and forth. And when Larry, when we were talking to Larry, you know, about it and everything, he said maybe he really thought it was one of their kids or something. And I said, I don't know what, but it was certainly having a reaction to Barbara crying. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah. it did it back and forth. It sounded like it was just going back and forth. And then it would stop and then it would start up again. I wonder if it thought somebody or some or one of its own was injured or something. They're so talented. Well, I've even wondered if it was worried that one of us was hurt because they are so familiar with us there. I think, and I do think, I agree with Barbara. I think they recognize us because we've gone so many times. And even at the times where we had to like tell them, okay, y'all, that was too close to us. Don't do that. They literally stop. And then they'll like change positions or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> we actually went live year before last or whenever it was while they were throwing rocks. Where we're at on this mountain, it is the only place on that mountain that has signal. So if there's anybody else up on that mountain hunting or whatever, during the day, they come over to the area where we always camp because they can get cell signal. Yeah. So we have cell signal because uh, that's our camping spot. And so I went live while rocks were being thrown in at us for three different sides. And people that were watching i'd be like oh gosh that one got too close and i'd say y'all don't be doing that i'll wave my finger at them like a mama i say y'all that got too close don't be doing it don't be throwing it that close we know you don't want to hurt us but they could see the rocks being whizzed by and coming in and wow. and, uh, and at one point i was going to go into the tent to get something and i was live and i had to go uh, we had a canopy sit out in front of it and it had one of those hanging walls on the side that has the pockets in it and as I'm about to bend down I have the camera up on me and I'm about to bend down to unzip the zipper to go in the door a rock comes buzzing right through between the leg of that canopy and the wall of the tent and it came right in to toward me and I was like 
don't be, you know, don't be doing that so close. That's dangerous. But then another time as I was going to go into the tent, one on the backside of the tent, you can hear the feet just running up. Like it, it just ran up to the backside of that tent wall and stopped. But I was like, oh, I said a, a choice cuss word and turned around and and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, did y'all hear that? And they actually could hear the footsteps of it running up to the back side yeah. of the tent. I was about to go in the front side of the tent. And it's just wow. crazy. Yeah. That place has been awesome. It has been fantastic. Good memories wow. from there. What state is that in? Is that in Georgia? Yes. Yeah. In, yes. Northwest Georgia. Well, the freakiest I've ever been to was Alabama. So we're right there. Oh, man. I hear you we went to a good spot. That's where you got injured. Oh, yes. That's that's why the podcast suffered there for a couple of months. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything but trying to get my arm back in shape. Well, you had to heal. That was quite a tumble. Yeah. And I was just trying to walk. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, I hear there's some good boogers in Alabama. Oh, yeah. Donna got to see her first one. So exciting. Exciting exciting for her. But she was so upset and she started crying. And, you know, she was like, she didn't even really, you know, she wasn't a big footer. She just hung out with the rest of us because we were all friends. And she got baptized real good. She was the only one to see it because the rest of us were looking at the cast that we were making of the footprint of, I guess, that it had left, you know. Oh, my gosh. So cool. Well, what yeah, did, she, did she describe it? Yeah. She said it was hunched over and it was it was black colored, hunched over a little bit and walking fast across the, it was like a, a little a 10 foot wide, kind of like a four wheel trail through there. For like hunting that they've cut down. It had crossed over from the left to the right. And she saw it just as it was going in the woods on the right side. And she said, for some reason, it made me think it was really old because it was hunched over. And that's just the way it struck her. You know, sometimes they run like that anyways. But I got it recorded somewhere where she actually saw it. I didn't have it on film, but I have her. I have it recorded and she's going, what is that? Did y'all see that? You know. Oh my gosh! How amazing! Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. It, it was really exciting for her. And when we got back to the camp, she was just she was so beside her. She started crying. She's like, "I guess I finally saw something." <laughs> oh my goodness! She come back in the woods with us, so that's good. Yep. She's. I think she's addicted now. We Once had a good time. We got together. That yeah. Time. yeah, we did. I love that area too. That oh, was it was nice area. It was, and I still haven't downloaded the sounds from that night because okay. there were a lot of tree knocks and then tree limbs that fell in the middle of the night, and then Heather heard the trash can being opened and then it just slammed it back down or let it fall, one or the other. She heard that in the middle of the night. She's over there, you know, we had our tents in a like a horseshoe shape corners together and she's over there going did anybody hear that did anybody hear that she said all i'm answered with is snoring (laughs) oh my gosh so i gotta dig all those sounds out but yeah i love that that last time 
God bless you. I don't know how many hours of audio I have never listened to. (laughs) It's hard. Thanks to Debbie. Now, when I set out a tape recorder, I put on there exactly where I'm sitting at what time it is that I'm sitting out. I'm like, yeah, Debbie taught me that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Date and time and who you're with. I've gotten to where, like, if we hear something, I'll send my, if I've got signal, I'll send myself a text with the time so I can go to that time on the recorder. And if I don't have signal, I try to write it down, you know, that way I don't have to sit and listen to hours and hours because I'm, we could have them reciting the Declaration of Independence on the tape recorder and I won't hear it. I just hate listening to all that. No, and then I got put in charge of the, the sound and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you gotta sit through the nothing to get to the something in it. <laughs> but man, when there's a something, it's well I worth still, it. And I've still, I've still got sounds from Alabama to dig off of these tape recorders. But you know, when you get injured like that and you recuperate, you just don't want to do anything. So exactly, you yeah, also got all the time in the world to do it at that time too. Yeah, it's true. But you only got one arm, so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she was handicapped. She had to wear a gown on that campus. Yeah. It's hard to put your clothes on when you can't. I know it. it. That's what I'm saying. You couldn't use your arm. It was hard. But yeah, she was, was there. there. Man, was she there. made the scene. That's right. I was there. I might have been in my nightgown, but I was there. Damn right. The Bigfoot and stuff really is like an addiction. It yeah. is. It's like, you know, I could have covid and i'd be just put me in a bubble in my chair around the campfire and that way nobody will catch it i'll be in a bubble but i'm going first trip we made dark and saw she brought covid to us made us all (laughs) you don't remember that i couldn't help y'all pack up nothing yeah i knew something was up i think sandy started covid actually i think she was the beginning (laughs) Yeah, probably was. <laughs> but that was a good trip. And then we had that sighting in Washington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, what was funny wasn't just a man being naked with a boonie hat on and boots, but. Here we are up in the Pacific Northwest, you know. Yeah. And it was so cool. <laughs> we're hiking on the trail. We're not from, you know, we're in the Olympic Projects. Shane Corson had let us stay a couple of nights there at their place. And then we went back up into the woods, uh, back behind there and pitched a tent and stayed out there another three days. Didn't have any kind of battery to have a light with. We only had a campfire. and No, we we could have no campfire in Dillon. Oh, that's right. That's right. We couldn't have a campfire. We had the lantern actually sitting down in the middle of the (laughs) ring. That's that's all the light we had. And it was dark. Oh, my God. Those trees out there are so tall. And I thought Godzilla was coming through those trees. We got bluff charged, evidently. At first, the way it sounded coming up behind us, to me, it sounded like a herd of elk <laughs> coming through the trees with their big old, you know, antlers up. And just I thought it was hitting all these branches, and it was behind me. And so I got up out of my chair and I went over 
to the across on the other side of the fire pit that had the you know the lantern sitting in it where i'm facing that and barbara and sandy are both looking out there at it of course it's pitch black because we couldn't you know we didn't have hardly any light at all and you could hear it going straight through these huge tall trees from our right to left and then you could hear it going from up like a, a little hill and across over to the side that we were on and then it starts coming back down in the wood line right behind us and it stops right at our tent and that was that literally i think that's the only time i've truly been a little unnerved yeah because <laughs> that, that was scary we all stood up for that one we didn't have you know a fire going anything other than our little lanterns and you couldn't see very good because there wasn't really any light that was creepy yes yeah well, and it was a full moon but these trees out there are so huge we yeah. couldn't see the moon yeah. it's always scarier when you can't see what it is oh man it was it was freaky yeah, yeah, it was just the canopy, you know, it had created a canopy, the treetops and everything all around us. And Barbara had, she had driven out there to the Pacific Northwest where we were at. And Sandy and I had flown and she picked us up at the airport. And so she had, you know, she was able to bring all the camping stuff. So she had necklaces, those little fake beaded necklaces and little bales and stuff and we were hanging stuff on trees around us and some of that stuff disappeared yeah yeah that was a that was a fun trip but it was on that trip that that we got basically flashed but i don't think it was so funny because we were on a trail going this way and he was on a trail crossing over our trail and i had my walking stick with the little gopro type thing on top of it and I had just turned it off, just turned it off, literally not even a minute before. And here he comes walking right across. All he's got on is like, what cap? I think he had a little bandana or something tied around his neck. Yes, he, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, he had his little fanny pack on and his socks and shoes. And yeah. then he had his walking stick. Yeah. And when he crosses over, <laughs> he did you not, he was in the paddy pose. Where you know one arm's out in front and one's in perfect. back, perfect, and he's looking straight at us, and and we're like, oh my god, <laughs> we can't believe we're standing there seeing a naked man in the middle of the forest in Washington, hiking, hiking naked. It was so funny, and we speed up because I'm going to turn my little GoPro on, and I'm going to get a video. Oh, we get up there, and he's gone, and. So I walk down to the right and I look and don't see him. And as I'm coming back, I can hear movement up on this little hill over to the right. And I can then I look over there and I can see that I think he was up in there hiding, crouched down. Or maybe that's where he had his clothes and he was fixing to get dressed. But I think he was up in there. What is going on there? What? Man, we oh man, we couldn't figure out. How did it disappear so fast? But besides the naked man, Sandy found a fabulous trackway. Yeah. There. Man, it was fantastic. Like 15, was it 15 inch, 15 and a half inch 
Yeah, we had we took our big walking sticks and laid them down in between the prints and took pictures. Yeah. It, it was a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. Wow. And it, was, it was in the oddest area. It was like a, a jungle. Well, we told Shane about it, too. And didn't he say that this area that we described sounded like it was going down to like where a creek was or something? Yeah, it was a creek down there. Yeah. yeah, but it was amazingly beautiful. <laughs> oh, gosh. It yeah. I, that's on my bucket list. I've never been up there. Oh, I surely hope you get to go. We were I so fortunate to get invited to come up there. Yeah. We uh we stayed three days there at the Olympic Project, uh, their hangout. And then, like I said, we went back up into the woods back behind it. When it goes kind of up, a, there's trails all through there. Oh, but yes. we went way back up in there, and it was just every morning when you'd walk out, just the view, you know, in front of you, it's so breathtaking. Oh, it is. It it can take your breath away. It is so such a creation thank you lord <laughs> it's beautiful and in the lake we pass the lake every day because we you know during the day we would leave and go right around to different places and stuff and just to go in and out you had to pass the lake and that was i think i have probably got a thousand pictures of that lake. <laughs> oh, it was amazing <laughs> so pretty what was that? Was that Lake Crescent? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. All I know was pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's pretty. And I, I'm so glad I got to share that with y'all. Me too. And I'll tell mm. you what, huge shout out if Shane is listening. He is just the nicest person ever. Oh. Offer, you know, for us to come up there and stay there for, you know, the first few days of our trip and he visited with us and stayed out there one of the nights and just it was awesome. It was wonderful. It was. He's a very he's a very nice man. He is. Oh he, is. he was. We left our t shirt in their clubhouse. One yeah. of the Sisters of the Moon t shirts. Yeah. We signed up the Bigfoot bar. Yeah. We signed their bar. That was cool. He said but that yeah. was a requirement, so we jumped right on it. That was an awesome trip, and we need to plan another one. Uh, but, I mean, you know, people that, I guess, that don't really research a lot, I, myself included at first, you know, before I ever did start researching, I, I always wanted to go, you know, out, out west to the Pacific Northwest. That's, you know, where you heard all the stories, really. Yeah, and we had stuff happen when I was a kid, but we didn't know what Bigfoot was back then, right? Or in Arkansas, yeah. Well, but even <laughs> even the one in Arkansas, we didn't know that it, they weren't called Bigfoot back then. Yeah, yeah. We called them the Fout Monster. Yeah. And when we had activity out at our house, we just wondered and thought it was, you know, didn't know what it was, but we thought about the Fout Monster. But it yeah. wasn't until I became an adult that we started hearing about Bigfoot and right. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. We didn't really even put two and two together with Bigfoot and the Fout monster for a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, you yeah. know, we are from 
East Texas. You well, <laughs> ladies do end up going back to the Pacific Northwest. I hope I get an invite. Oh, man. <laughs> we well, would it, love to go. It took me a week to drive up there. It probably take, I probably have to have two weeks this time. Barbara carried all of our equipment, our camping gear, our tent. All of our luck, basically all of our luggage and everything, because, you know, we can only carry so much on a plane. Yeah. So she yeah. had all that. She slept in and she had Ellie, you know, yes. Ellie made the trip with me to Washington. She sure did. Always. She's the squatch dog. Yes, she oh, sure yeah. is. She slept in her car all the way up there, I think. Didn't you, Barbara? Yeah, I did. I had a different camp spot every night. That was an I awesome, fun trip. Yeah, I slept my way across the country. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mean it the way that sounded. I mean, I slept in my car. <laughs> That's how you got gas money, Barbara. Nobody uh, <laughs> had to put the bill. Huh. Those restaurants along the way. <laughs> Lord, they'd pay me to stay out. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, they'd be hollering at you what you holler at the big one. I know it. That's what I'm saying. Get the hell out of here, woman. Thank I'm you, ladies, good. for actually coming on the Cryptids Unlimited podcast. Oh, it was fun. Thank you. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. Yeah. It was nice. I can't wait to hang with you guys some more. I know. I'm so ready. I need. I need to get in the woods. I mean, seriously. Me too. It's yeah. therapy. Yeah, I need it. That's all for today's show. But I want you to know the woods have eyes and they're always watching.